Hi everyone, welcome to News and Arts. Chatting with us today is Aida Hajiamarovic. How did I do, Aida? Awesome. Okay, good to hear. So, Aida, you're the Register and Director of Examinations at the Institute of Canada. At the Insurance Institute of Canada, yeah. All right. So, tell us a little bit about that and your background in this field. Because, I mean, how does someone get up one morning and, you know, become the Director of Examinations? Well, ever since I was a little girl, I've always <laughs> dreamed <laughs> of being in exams. <laughs> Can you imagine? No, um, I need to know more. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, I, I, I have always wanted to be a psychologist. So mm -hmm. I studied psychology, and a large part of psychology is uh, measurement, or what they call psychometrics, so mm -hmm. measuring human behavior. So part of that measurement or a stream of psychology is uh, measuring for the purpose of education. So um, as luck would have it, I stumbled upon it about, uh, I'd say, over 10 years ago now. And I started working for um, a small uh, kind of company that did testing and assessment in Ottawa. And um, I developed a passion for it. So, um, yeah. And so over the years, I became an expert in the field. And uh, here I am. That's amazing. It's actually an area that I've always been intrigued about because I have issues taking exams. <laughs> and uh, I think it's um, some of the things that people don't generally think about. It's the kind of job no one sits there going, oh, who's writing exams today? But we're at a time where it's become very relevant and it's really changed everything for students, teachers, and anyone in the education system. So uh, can we talk a little bit about how your job has changed since COVID has become a part of our lives? Sure. Um, well, yeah, absolutely. So exams and education go hand in hand. And the way I, the reason why I'm passionate about exams is really when you think about the purpose of exams or assessment, it's really to verify whether or not somebody has the knowledge or competence in some area that they should have. So it, it simply sets a standard of that competence and a way to verify it. Mm -hmm. so, um, so with that, that's why I love exams is because it's kind of like this measuring stick to make sure like you're either competent or you're not. Mm -hmm. So um, with regards to how my job has changed is, um, so the Insurance Institute of Canada has always provided that education and assessment for the insurance industry. And normally we had a combination of, you know, classes, in-person classes or virtual classes. And then we had exams that you would have to go somewhere and write them. And so clearly when COVID hit, we were like, oh, well, you know, we can't now have people come to a place, to a room to write their exams. So what are we going to do? So we had to kind of pivot and um, create them virtually proctored. And uh, the reason why we did that is because our exams are very important for the integrity of this program. And we wanted to have the proctor there but not in person, now the proctor is virtual. So there's actually somebody watching you mm -hmm. as you write your exam from home. I have so many questions about that. <laughs> but, you know, that's, I think, the it's a massive change. So can you tell us about how that's going um, when it comes to technology, how your students are responding, how your coworkers, the stress levels? Oh, yeah. It, it was, when you think about it in terms of, the way we move, like usually 
you know, it takes us a while to change something. It takes us a while to change an exam to, because there's so many dependencies. You know, if we decide to develop a new exam format, we have to work with the marketing to communicate that format. Mm-hmm. We have to communicate that to the instructors, to our students, to um, our development team, to the people who develop our textbooks. So there's so many dependencies. So in the span of literally three months, we have had to go through this, you know, in-person exam administration to virtual proctoring. And it has been a real learning experience insofar that when people need to act and when they're motivated to act, we can move mountains. And I Mm -hmm. am so proud of my team like we have moved so quickly nobody thought that it would be possible mm-hmm. um, and at the same time we continue to offer a service for our students so that they can actually write from the safety of their own home they don't have to be afraid of going out and putting themselves at risk right so that's a lot of changes for you know you and your co-workers so let's talk a little bit about the students what are some of the feedbacks you're getting and the requirements that now they have? And how's everyone coping with this? Because I can't imagine taking an exam from home. Yeah. So if you can imagine, I mean, we were talking about this earlier. Taking an exam under any circumstance is stressful. Yes. Exams are not exactly <laughs> fun for people. Um, I know it. Anybody who has ever taken an exam knows it. Because... Mm-hmm. It matters, right? There's something at stake. Either mm-hmm. your your degree is at stake or your course is at stake or your job is at stake. So it's because of the stakes. Right. Uh, and that's why people get nervous. So when you layer on this, this virtual uh, proctoring, it is very stressful. And so students not only have to worry about the content and passing their exams, now they have to worry about making sure that their system is set up, that their microphone works, that their camera works. They have to make sure that their room is clean. uh, There's no obstructions like books and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they have to connect to a proctor and, um, you know, they verify their ID and then they start their exam and then the proctor is there Mm -hmm. observing them to make sure that, you know, they're not doing anything that they're not supposed to be doing. So I can tell you that... I did it just to test it out because mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure that I knew what it was all about and to just just a sample test. And I can tell you that it's quite stressful. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to make sure you started on time. You got to make sure you're set up. And uh, yeah, I really feel it for the students. I, I can't imagine. And like, um, you know, what are the students doing that may not have access to the right kind of technology or the environment or even internet access at this point? What if something goes wrong? What does that mean? Yeah, well, you know what? I, I always like to say, you know, this is this is a new skill. So mm-hmm. if you kind of take it with the attitude that this is a new skill that students need to learn, then, um, you know, the first time, you know, it's a little bit bumpy because you don't know what you need to, like, learn how to set it up. And my hope is always that the second time the students now get used to it and they'll, and they'll do better, they'll know the flow and they'll, they'll know what mm-hmm. to expect. Uh, but if they don't have computers, I mean, that's completely valid. I mean, a lot of people have just a work computer, if anything. A lot of people just use their cell phones or tablets. 
So that is, a, that is an issue that we did come across. Um, so we asked students, you know, we gave them lots of warning and said, look, use your personal computer if you can. Mm -hmm. um, use your work computer if you're allowed to. Like if you don't, sometimes work computers have certain like um, administrative rights and certain barriers like firewalls and stuff. And, um, you know, borrow a computer from a friend or a family member if you can. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what we've encouraged the students to do. And the, for the most part, they've managed. Um, and then um, we also offer an alternative solution, which we call a timed solution. So if they call us and say, look, I really, I, I don't have the right equipment, but I do have a computer. I mean, you need to have a computer. Uh, we'll make accommodations for them. We'll, uh, we'll give them uh, a slightly different um, exam that they can also take from home. Okay, so that's comforting. It's yeah. really important to be able to accommodate. What about foreign students? Foreign students, well, it's interesting because we only have a small percentage of foreign students, probably a handful of people, but they're all over the world. You know, mm -hmm. they're in Europe and Africa and Southeast Asia. They're everywhere. And normally, under normal circumstances, we would actually ask them to find their own proctor with virtual proctoring, it's actually better. Okay. It actually benefits our international students because they're now doing the exact same process as everybody else. And so they don't have to go out and find a proctor. They don't have to go anywhere. It's a lot less stress in that sense because that's yeah. a lot to put on. Not everyone has those skills or the interest to interact and do all of the you know, uh, detailed work. Yeah. Okay, so that streamlines it a little bit. It does. And I mean, the, I've gotten some really good feedback, too, from the students. They're like, they love it because they can pick their own time when they want to write. Um, you know, it's basically 24-7 for three weeks. So mm -hmm. they can do it, you know, at 3 p.m. or 11 p.m. or 5 a.m., whenever they want to do it. So That's it's great. great. You know, they do it from the safety of their own home. So a lot of students have actually given me some really good feedback that they like the flexibility and they actually hope it continues in the future. That's really interesting. And what's good about that is that I guess when it's outside of the regular schedule, we all have our peaks, right? Yeah. I might be a morning person. Your best time is 1 a.m. So in that sense, I see the advantages. Yeah. But I can also see how in this transition, there's a lot of stressors for everybody. But one thing I'm really curious about. So when you took it yourself, did you try to cheat? Did you try to like figure out where you can put notes or have things pop up? Like, how does that work so that you can be certain that people are being honest and they're not able to cheat? So that's a really interesting question. So when I took it myself, I took it twice, actually. The first time <laughs> I got the time wrong. So I thought what it was because it was a 24 hour clock. Okay. So I went and picked five o'clock. And I had no idea that it was actually five o'clock. It's actually 17 hours. Oh. So I went to log in to write my exam and says, your time has expired. You have passed your exam time. And I'm like, what? And it's because I selected 5 a.m. thinking I was selecting 5 p.m. Yeah. So the next time I'm like, I can't do this, right? Because I'm the registrar. I can't make this mistake. <laughs> this is not cool. Uh, so then I was extra nervous. I was like, okay, 17 p.m. I'm writing my exam. I made sure my, my little home office was, all my books were gone. Um, I made sure to move all my monitors, mm -hmm. all my phones, all, everything else that was close to me, I put it out of reach uh, well before my time. Okay. And then when I collect, connected to the proctor, um, 
you know, she was really nice. She was very kind of calm and chill. And so that was a nice experience. Um, so once you're actually starting to write, you kind of forget that the proctor is there because you don't see them. Mm -hmm. So it was just kind of that set up part. But what was really interesting from a registrar perspective, it's the rules for around cheating and the policies for cheating are very different in a virtual environment than they are in person. Tell me more. And so now I have to think, okay, well, you know, if you're, if you're looking away from your screen... Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to be looking at your screen all the time. And the proctor tells you, please focus your attention back on your screen. Because I don't know what they're looking at, right? Because I can just see the front. And so then if a proctor says to them, please stop looking, or if a proctor asks them, can you do a scan of your room again? And if they don't comply, uh. what do I do? Because... I can't say that they were cheating if I don't have proof, but at the same time, they need to follow instructions because they're being proctored. So right. all of these questions are now coming up that are new that I never even considered. Yeah, because you didn't have to think about any of this, just yeah. like a lot of people weren't thinking about your job, and now it's quite relevant. Each and every one of those students are thinking about your job, right? Yeah. It's changed everything. So it is interesting, but I guess it's trial and error. Error as we try new things, you have new obstacles or new ideas, and that's how you're developing. And from the sounds of it, you guys are doing a great job keeping up with what your needs are. And that being said, so like that's a, you know, there's many um, changes and shifts. So what's been the most challenging so far? Would you say maybe for you and your coworkers and the students? What's been the hardest? Thing to adjust to through these times? Uh, for me, the hardest part is just trying to balance the competing interests right now between making sure that I maintain the integrity, my team maintains the integrity of our exams, mm -hmm. it, which means that they're secure, uh, that the standards are maintained, that people are not cheating. So that's my number one role, that's my focus. But at the same time, being the position that I'm in, I need to balance the business interests, right? Because right. I need to make sure that I work with my colleagues and, you know, we are making this experience as seamless as possible for our students so that they can continue through their educational pathways, right? Mm -hmm. So that has been my biggest challenge is how do I make sure that the students have a good experience and they, you know, and they continue taking these courses and the exams are not a roadblock for them. Correct. Um, and balancing that with maintaining our standards and the integrity of our exams. And that's been, that's been my biggest challenge. I bet. It's, it's a lot. And um, so are you guys having to do more surveys? And who's dealing with that? Is that like a new thing? Or do you regularly have surveys reviewing uh, how the staff and the students feel? Yeah, so um, I like, as a matter of practice, I like to put a student feedback survey at the end of all of our exams, mm -hmm. because I like to look at things like not just about how their administration experience was, I want to look at feedback about how they felt with the exam, how they felt about the content, um, you know, the duration, was it, did they have enough time to write, 
um, you know, did they feel that the content of the exam was reflective of the needs of in their industry, of their mm -hmm. professional practice? So I always like to put a survey at the end just to get that feedback from students, and then it helps me kind of compare um, also our, our administration options. You know, some of them, like I said, with that balancing act, some administration options are less stringent, um, but again, maybe less secure, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So I always have to kind of find that balance. Yeah, yeah, but it seems like you guys pulled it together really fast, and it shows us how when we're forced to do things, you have no choice. Yeah. You figure it out. And when you have a good team, it makes a difference, right? So it, it seems like you guys are definitely on your game with it. Um, so where do you see this going? Where it's at now? Or even better, what would you want to keep? And what do you expect to go back to normal? Mm. And yeah, what, what is your future vision with it all? Yeah, and to be honest with you, I mean, just going back to my team, like I had a chat with my boss the other day and... Uh, I just told her like just how incredibly impressed I was with not just my team, but all the different departments and how everybody came together and mm -hmm. really pulled through. And I, you know, I agree with you. Like there's a lot of organizations that are still struggling. Uh, you know, we had to move very quickly. And I just basically said, look, I mean, we clearly have seen that our people are not only motivated, but they're capable and, you know, they're not afraid of doing hard work like we all pulled up our sleeves like everybody everybody put in the effort and mm -hmm. and we did do reasonably well you know the, and there's obviously lessons learned and there's things that we could improve for the future so I think the way I see this going is you know I think there's lots of potential like in terms of flexibility, convenience. I mean, you don't have to drive through downtown traffic in Toronto and pay mm -hmm. $20 for parking to write your three hours of exams and then have to go back to your job. I mean, all of those things are really convenient. Talk about our international students. I right. mean, they don't have to worry about finding a place to write or finding a proctor. They can just log in like everybody else. Um, so I definitely see huge potential here. I think from a technology perspective, there's some some hiccups, some things that definitely need to be mm -hmm. ironed out. So probably the sweet spot would be a combination of kind of primarily virtual proctoring to mm -hmm. suit everybody's need and maybe a small in-person component if need be. That would probably be the sweet spot. Amazing. That's, you know, there's so much for you guys to consider and it's a detailed job. It's a lot going on and affects everybody. But I appreciate you coming and talk to us. Is there anything you want to leave us with or something to, you know, say to the students to motivate them before <laughs> we say? Oh, thanks, Erin. Yeah, I, I would love to say to the students, you know, I'm proud of them. Don't give up. Don't worry. It's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. If they have technical problems, they could always try again. But at least, you know, give it a try, you yes. know, and be open to it. So that, that would be my message to the students. And, you know, good luck with your studies. Thank you so much for coming in, Aida. And that's great advice. People need to hear it. And hopefully we'll see you again. And I'm curious to see where this is all going to go. So thank you all for listening to us at News and Arts. You can find our page on Facebook and Instagram. And we'll talk to you all soon. Take care.